Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Right now, let's go to the phone lines as we welcome in a very special guest, a guy who knows all about Texas A&M as it is the Southwest Classic this weekend in Arlington between Arkansas and Texas A&M. And it is David Nuno of TexAgs.com. And David, it's good to talk to you again, man. How's everything going this afternoon? How's my friendly neighbor doing? How's my buddy? <laughs> hey, listen, uh, things could always be better in Razorback land, but uh, we know that that's just par for the course. But uh, I want to ask you about Texas A&M specifically because we know that this was a big year. There's a lot of pressure on Jimbo. You no, know, Bobby Petrino is coming in. Just at this point in time of the season, how are fans feeling? Do they still feel optimistic at all? Are they pessimistic? Are they still in wait-and-see mode? Just what's the vibe like in College Station? Well, the breaking news that came out earlier today, everybody is panicking, but also it is a more optimistic panic than I've seen in years past. Connor Rickman done for the year. It's going to be out at least three and a half months, unfortunately. Uh, not that we expected him to play this weekend against Arkansas, but the fact that you're not getting that guy back, your QB1, the guy that's supposed to be the savior, uh, does hurt a lot. But those of us who have seen Max Johnson play at LSU and lost to Max Johnson at LSU, saw what he was able to do last year, and what he did in relief this past week against Auburn feel pretty good about the quarterback situation moving forward. Obviously, you'd want to have uh, you know Connor for their long haul, but a very good guy in Max Johnson. So when you talk about the totality of the season, look, they've had two tests this year, two real tests. They failed the first test, at least from a defensive standpoint, when they got embarrassed against Miami. They couldn't make any tackles. Uh, the next test was Auburn, and you could say Auburn wasn't a real test, but Auburn was a team with a legit defense and uh, a team that beat you last year, and you took it to them. Uh, you were a much better than the score indicated, 27-10. to 10. You were better than that. And uh, I, I think especially the way you played the second half with Max Johnson does spike uh, some, some optimism. All that being said, it doesn't matter until you start going through the grind that is SEC schedule. And I don't want to say it starts this weekend, but this is the first real test since Miami. I know Auburn was a test. But a different weight class. You're taking on K.J. Jefferson, a guy who can beat anybody, who can sling it, who's done it all. It's, it's going to be a real test for this Aggie defense. So just looking at the matchup itself, how do you feel with Arkansas and a Because we know that this game has the stupidest things that happen all the time, it seems like, against Arkansas. But A&M usually is the one that wins the game. But just as far as the matchup itself, offensively, defensively, how do you feel like the Aggies match up with the Razorbacks? Well, look, I have a lot of respect for Sam Pittman and KJ, right? KJ Jefferson is a, an elite quarterback. Um, and if it wasn't for a brain fart, if you will, or a mistake, that game would have gotten out of hand real quick last year. That opened the door for A&M, and, and they were able to capitalize. I guess the way I look at it is, defensively, this is the best A&M uh, defense we've seen in the last couple of years. Offensively, you feel really good about the wide receivers. You beat them last year in your worst year in uh, you know forever, right? So I feel good, but I also know what they're capable of doing out there. And, of course, I saw that Sam Pittman said on the teleconference today that he feels pretty confident about Rocket Sanders. Well, of course he's going to be, uh, be available for the A&M game. We've been kind of predicting that for weeks. Uh, so, look, it, I feel good about this game from an A&M perspective considering the fact that you lost your starting quarterback or you have a guy who's really good. Um, and, and I think this is a game A&M should have with all the talent that they have. But, you know, this is a crazy series. And uh, in, in a way, I'm a little more worried because I do think Arkansas, even though it's only the second SEC game of the schedule, is playing for their, their season this weekend because we know what's ahead for them, right? It, it, it is a tough grind for Arkansas. You don't want to get your third straight loss. 
especially two straight in the SEC to start things off when you had some high aspirations this year. David, I know that uh, the Petrino angle has been such a big storyline in here in Arkansas. There's a lot of fans that are always interested in the Petrino angle because he used to coach here. Just how do you feel like he's done as the offensive coordinator? Has there been some major differences and some major improvements in the offense overall since he took over as OC? Well, look, this team scores now. Right Last year <laughs> they were scoring 22 points a game. This team is moving the ball. The thing I've been most impressed with is the halftime adjustments because in both major tests that we talked about earlier, the game against Miami and the game against Auburn, uh, the offense was kind of average in the first half, right? It was just, you know, there. You know, the A&M scored 10 early points against um, uh, against Miami. They scored six early points against Auburn, but two field goals. They weren't really moving a lot. Connor wasn't as effective, and then he gets hurt. But you look at the second half, they moved the ball. They make some great halftime adjustments, and that's what I really loved about the Bobby Puccino hire is that he – finds areas where he can expose opposing teams at halftime, and we've seen it on a couple different occasions. And if A&M does struggle, if they've scored on their first couple drives all season long, but if they struggle to get, you know, instead of getting seven, they get three, look for him to open it up a little bit more in the second half. So, David, also looking at this game itself, we've already talked about kind of how crazy this series is, but the fact it's in Arlington, it looks like there's only going to be this year and then next season, and then it goes back to being a home-and-home. Uh, do you think that there will be a lot of Aggie fans still traveling for this game, still have a good attendant, or are they just kind of over this whole game? Because there's a lot of Razorback fans who are kind of over it as well. You know, that's one of the things I was going to actually prop Arkansas fans about. I feel so I, I've only gotten to go to two of these games. I, I was at a previous job before Texas where I didn't cover this series. And uh, I'm always impressed with the how loud the Arkansas fans are at that game, like loud, loud, and also how well they travel. I think most fans are ready for it to be a campus series, uh, but there is a charm. Look, I see uh, Jimbo actually talked about it this past week. There is a there is a benefit if your team thinks that they can be playing in these big bowl games and potentially a playoff team as it expands. There is a uh, advantage to having a neutral neutral site games in those kind of uh, environments. So I, I think there is a plus to it. But when it comes to SEC games, I like those games being played at home. I think A and M fans. Uh, but remember, you've got a lot of Aggie fans in Dallas already, and uh, it's not a far drive from College Station, three hours. So I, I would expect it to be, especially since this team, they don't have the at-state loss on their resume this year. They have a Miami loss and a Miami team and an ACC that looks to be pretty good this year. So, David, also just uh, looking at uh, the maybe the strength and the weaknesses of A&M, if Arkansas is going to beat A&M, which they haven't done very much recently, but if they're going to beat them, how, how do you exploit A&M? What's their weakness that Arkansas can maybe have some success in? Well, I think this is an interesting one because uh, I was looking at the numbers. I didn't realize how often K.J. Jefferson had been sacked. Uh, last week, A&M got seven sacks. But I, I don't know if that is who they really are, right? A&M, uh, as good of a defensive line and as good as they are at stopping the run, I don't know if A&M, seven, they had six coming into that game, so now they have 13. I don't know how good they are at attacking quarterbacks. Uh, and I know KJ's gone down eight times in the last couple games. But I, I think that is one area is if KJ has time to move out of the pocket and throw, the second A&M secondary is suspect. So Aggie defense has got to have to corral him to the middle and force him into some bad situations. But if KJ gets out in the open and he can hit those receivers, A&M secondary has struggled, which, by the way, I've, I've been I've been reading the numbers, and that's an area that Arkansas would like to do better at. And A and M's got some elite wide receivers, but from an Arkansas offensive standpoint, it is the ability to get KJ on the run, which I know they're doing more of, 
in hitting downfield. And, and Luke Haas is going to be a difference maker. Uh, that dude has shows up every time you watch highlights or film uh, on Arkansas, just a freshman doing huge things. Those are a couple of areas that I think that they'll be able to exploit, especially with the, the linebackers have played well for A&M this year. But it's another thing to cover a dude like Luke Haas. All right, last one before I let you get out of here, David. I, I was doing some research just to this game in Arlington, not the game that's had some home and homes with, between Arkansas and Texas A&M, but all but three of these games have ended with one-possession games. And it's ironically enough of those three games, Arkansas won two of them where they won by more than one possession. So it's kind of a weird thing. Do you see that being the same case in this game where close game, uh, one-possession game down to the wire, kind of like it's always been? Or do you think uh, A&M will have uh, some success and maybe even beat Arkansas by more than just one possession? Uh, honestly, is life in the SEC, right? So you expect these games to come down to the wire. I mean, I really do expect those games to go to that, down to the wire. Look what Arkansas did in Baton Rouge, a game that I think they, they should have won. You know, they lose by three, Death Valley. Uh, neutral site game, not going to be as imposing. We all know that. Uh, we know that they're playing for their season on the line. I expect this game to be a close game. Um, now, if A&M is able to do what they did against Auburn, which is neutralize the run game and get to the quarterback, then I could see it being a double-digit win. Uh, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I think A&M plays and all these SEC teams play in these one-score games. Who's the team that makes the least amount of mistakes? Both teams make a lot of mistakes. I think Auburn's being penalized nine times a game this year, A&M 7.7. That is too much. The team that does the, the least amount of that will win this one. Yeah, both uh, Arkansas and A&M have trouble with penalties because Arkansas is one of the worst ones in the conference, too. So it could be an ugly game, but should be a fun one. David Nuno of TexAgs.com. You can follow him on Twitter at David Nuno. Appreciate it as always, man. Enjoy the weekend and enjoy the game, and I'm sure we'll be catching up with you later down the road. Appreciate you, sir. Thanks so much for having me, Adam.